The world's wind industry is gathering in Melbourne this August. Join them at the APAC Summit to discuss collaboration, market building and solving supply chain challenges in the expanding APAC market. Buy tickets at apacsummit2023.com.au Hello listeners, Stuart Bowen here. I'm the Chief Operating Officer at the Global Wind Energy Council and welcome to another podcast in the series of the APAC Offshore Wind and Green Hydrogen Summit, which is taking place in Melbourne, Australia, from the 29th to the 31st of August 2023. As part of the series, we've been reaching out to companies and speakers who will be participating at the conference to hear a little bit about their company and also the contents that they'll be covering during the conference and hear a bit about the conversations that they'd be like to, they'd like to have at the conference. And today, we're very fortunate to be joined by Michael Ottaviano from ERM. Michael's a partner at ERM and is uh, responsible for lead renewable energy, or leads their renewable energy practice across the APAC region. Welcome, Michael. Uh, thanks very much for having me, Stuart. So for our listeners who might not be aware of ERM's footprint, can you just give us a little bit of background into ERM and some of the work that you've been doing perhaps globally, but also more specifically uh, in the APAC area? Sure. Um, ERM is uh, around 8,000 people globally. Uh, we, or, or the, we've solely focused on advisory in the environmental and decarbonisation space. We're, we're, the, we're actually the largest pure play ESG advisor in the world. Um, as a result, we've got an extensive footprint. Um, most places where, you know, anyone listening to this podcast uh, is operating from, there'll be an ERM office, uh, whether that's South, North America, Europe, Middle East, Africa, and, and throughout, uh, throughout Asia. Um, and that's from China, Vietnam, Japan, Taiwan, Malaysia, Korea, Thailand, um, Indonesia, Australia, um, and we do we do similar sorts of work in many of those markets. Certainly, uh, you know what we're talking about today, and and at the conference at the end of August in Melbourne, offshore wind and hydrogen, we're doing in in nearly all those markets. Um, some obviously more mature than others, um, but uh, we also typically work with larger international internationally focused clients so we find ourselves working with often the same client in in many of those markets and the sort of work that we might do say uh, in the offshore wind space uh, is uh, there's really two two elements or two ways to think about it there's the kind of traditional environmental and social services that ERM's been providing for 50 years across the globe to a whole range of asset classes that might start with um, environmental and social support around finding sites, environmental approvals, lots of safety work and the like. Uh, and then really over the last uh, few years, we've expanded more into the technical advisory side of that work as well, which, um, you know, which also starts again, site finding, but looking at more technical aspects, uh, the geotechnical, the mid-ocean data, if we're talking about offshore wind, um, you know, site, the, the um, maybe turbine layouts, levelised cost of energy and the like, and then supporting our clients if they're developing projects right through to FID and beyond. 
and and obviously now with hydrogen coming in doing similar uh, analogous sorts of um, services for clients around um, finding sites and developing projects and then now supporting offtake and doing some of the more techno-economic feasibility work as well. Well, that is a broad array of uh, services that you guys offer. No wonder you have 8,000 people around the world and you know, to, to do all of that work. But what about you personally? What's your background? Well, so uh, I'm actually originally a metallurgist um, behind, from, from my undergrad and a material scientist from, from my postgrad. Um, I, uh, so I have a, a particular interest in some of the industrial decarbonisation aspects of the, of the energy transition, things like uh, steel and, and other sort of processing uh, technologies and how they might be um, able to adapt and adopt new technologies to decarbonise. Uh, spent some time in, in the world of consulting. Um, uh, spent spent many years in I uh, spent probably the last 20 years though in the energy space partly uh, focused on um, clean tech startups uh, yeah. so lots of lots of kind of um, capital raising technology commercialization intellectual property work one of the one of those startups was in the marine renewable space so um, you know I've 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 had the pleasure of Contracting jack-up rigs and uh, installing pile foundations in 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 waters off off the Australian coast, um, and uh, you know, and then and then into solar and batteries and um, and so sort of have spanned a lot of the emerging technology space as a as a developer and a and a and a funder and an operator, and then moved back into consulting with with ERM a few years. Um, Australian renewables work and now and now across Asia as well. So um, reasonably varied background, um, quite different to a lot. Many of my colleagues who have very deep technical expertise in in a particular discipline as well. Um, but it means that we're able to kind of, uh, you know, I, I can understand typically the language of of our of our clients and translate that into into hopefully into solutions that help them. Uh, accelerate their activities in this space. Are you based in Australia, and have you always been based out of Australia? Uh, I, I, I've not always been based in Australia, but I currently am. I, I'm based in Sydney, uh, on the east coast of Australia, and um, and obviously spend a fair bit of time talking to and and moving through the region. Um, I'm very very fortunate that we've got in all those. Uh, Asian markets that I mentioned, we've got very strong, strong local capability and connections to market. So, um, you know, I have very good um, colleagues in 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 all those markets who are very capable of of um, leading conversations and delivering work. And what we are doing is certainly investing in growing that capacity across the Asian region. Really, uh, technologies like offshore wind and now hydrogen have really emerged in the European market. Uh, so, you know, that's where we're still uh, strongest in terms of capacity and capability, but working very hard to translate that capacity into this market, like like many people are at the moment, whether they're 
in consultancies or in, in development or generation. There's a lot that can be learned from the European experience in offshore wind and hydrogen, um, but also, you know, trying to find good people locally that we can we can train up and educate and then they can, you know, live in their local uh, local cities and and towns, but do this sort of work in country, which is, you know, a great opportunity uh, for for local employment and skill development. So as a local and in this emerging technology, how have you found the general awareness in the community around this? Do people understand what offshore wind and green hydrogen is all about? Is there, you know, does the average person on the street understand this? Is it all a bit of a mystery? I mean, we hear governments come out and they're, they're quite ambitious with their decarbonisation uh, targets, but there's not uh, any actual volume targets for offshore wind uh, being mm. discussed at the moment and you know we, I know that the government's been doing a lot of consultations we've got the first feasibility license that is you know we're waiting on the results of that in Gippsland the hunters now open in these on the ground what, what's the vibe that you get from just the average person on the street um I'm not sure who the average person on the street <laughs> is these days that you know it's it's there's I think you get the full spectrum yeah. is is really uh, is really the the answer I think um, and and it does vary it, it varies you know if you're talking specifically in Australia which I think you are um, it it varies quite significant uh, significantly geographically depending on where you are so I think you know if you're down in East Gippsland at the moment you know a lot more about offshore wind industry uh, than you did two years ago and you know a lot more than maybe someone in Perth or Brisbane might yep. as well um, and you know some of the things you know may be fair and accurate and some of the things you know may not I'm in the Hunter today where we're doing some work to uh, for the new to help decarbonize uh, the Hunter region which is you know for those who aren't familiar with with the Australian geographies, Hunter is our industrial zone in the country, which is really important from a GDP point of view, but also by by consequence of being an industrial zone is a big deal of emissions as well. So it's critical that we can find a cost-effective decarbonisation pathways. One of the technologies that will have a I think a really important role to play in that decarbonisation pathway is offshore wind. Yeah. Um, as you know, as a way to decarbonise the grid and the and the, the electricity system. Uh, so, you know, your average person on the street in Newcastle, for example, certainly knows something about offshore wind, and many people know a lot about it. And obviously, as we're now um, uh, entering into the the second round of offshore wind licensing processes here in the hunt uh, in Australia and which is in the hunter we, we're now seeing the starts of some local investment in skills and people to help lead some of those projects and that permeates the community and I think some of the concerns and the and sometimes myths around new technologies um, will uh, and and need to be confronted and discussed and and you know, social license is, is you know, it's a huge, hugely important uh, topic uh, for a lot of people in the energy space in Australia at the moment. 
transmission we hear a lot about, but offshore wind as well. And developers, I think, are very cognizant of that, um, are doing lots of consultation. The government's doing lots of consultation to try and help educate people around, uh, you know, some, some of the impacts. Nothing's benign. Everything has an impact. It's just what is, you know, what's the lesser of the evils and, and what what's best practice to mitigate some of those impacts. So, you know, I think it's, I'm, I'm an optimist in this space. So I think you have to be an optimist to have worked in uh, energy transition for 20 years because it, it's, there's been many ups and downs, but I think at the moment we've, you know, we've got, we've, we're seeing some good sensible policy from government. We've seen capital markets now really move for the first time to the point where, you know, I think, I think it's fair to say capital isn't a constraint for our industry so long as the policy's there, sensible policies there to support it. And certainly technically offshore wind, certainly fixed foundation is a, is a very, very mature technology now. So the technical risks are really well understood. Floating offshore wind, which will be more applicable here in the Hunter, is is also rapidly catching up and being de-risked as well, and certainly will be by the time we're deploying here. So, um, you know, I think things are moving in a positive direction. Obviously, lots more that we could be doing, but but uh, you know, we um, we're well and truly uh, heading in the right in the right direction at the moment. It sounds like there is a lot of work ahead of us as an industry and I guess if you know conferences like this are, are pretty uh, relevant to make sure that we get in front of governments and we as an industry and I guess get to share best practices uh, from around the regions and around the globe is there anything particular that any of the conversations you'd particularly like to be having at the APAC summit mm. what, what do you think some of the important areas that we should be looking at? Well, look, I think the critical role that conferences like the GWEC conference play is in bringing together those those key stakeholders and and decision makers and and decision influencers um, to you know to be able to share perspectives so you know so that people can understand alternative views, uh, understand what challenges might be for a local community versus a state government versus a federal government versus a developer versus a, a grid um, operator and a, and a network builder. You know, there's so many aspects to this. The one thing that I've learned about energy over 20 years, it is such a complex space um, and you can work in the field for your career and still not fully understand the full energy market. You know, typically where we are an industry full of uh, niche experts and so the more that we can get together and and talk about the challenges and understand the challenges that are being confronted in other aspects of the, the energy system then the better chance we've got of forming in you know sensible uh, effective policy solutions to that because we are you know we shouldn't underestimate the challenge here you know offshore wind is and hydrogen, but offshore wind is a critical part of uh, completely a complete transformation, not just of our energy system, but of our industrial base and our economy. And uh, you know, if if we had the luxury of time, then you know we could probably afford to make a few mistakes and bumble our way through. But you know, I think we all know that 
we not we we not only need to make a complex transition, we need to do it uh, very quickly as well. So I think, you know, hearing hearing from all those various stakeholders, hearing solutions being put forward, and 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 sense checking and road testing those solutions in amongst what I'm hoping should be a collegiate collaborative environment, right? Because everyone I think ultimately knows what the outcome needs to look like. And it's about um, doing that in a collaborative sense so that we're not leaving people behind. You know, it needs to be a just transition. And we also, we wanna make sure that we capture our share of the opportunity in this. There is a lot to unpack there, and uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. We think about the acceleration and uptake and getting the speed that we need to do things. There's so many things that need to be, I guess, there's so many things that need to fall into place uh, in order to make this happen, and there are a million different moving parts here. And so, if you know, keeping the speed and keeping the progression and not getting distracted uh, is really important. And I th hopefully these conversations are, are critical where you can share some of these best practices and iron out these, uh, yeah, some of these challenges before, before that we, you know, before they become insurmountable in a, in a emerging market. Look, uh, Michael, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, we're very much looking forward to seeing you in Melbourne and welcoming also the ERF, broader ERM team to uh, Melbourne at the end of August. So thanks for joining us, Mike. Uh, my pleasure, Stuart. Uh, I know uh, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the conference as as are my colleagues who are attending will be there in force. Uh, and if anyone's uh, interested in having a chat, we'll have a, we'll have a booth there and, and there'll be sort of 10 of us or so wandering around. Uh, the conference of the exhibition so look forward to um, look forward to catching up then thanks very much hi i'm mike ataviano i'm a partner at erm where i lead our renewable energy practice across asia pacific uh, i'm very much looking forward to the apac offshore wind and green energy summit at the end of august in melbourne uh, particularly looking forward to uh, having conversations with the, the broad set of uh, critical stakeholders from industry, uh, from developers, uh, networks, um, and also from government at all levels and other stakeholders, local community as well, where we can hopefully come together and um, formulate some, uh, some solutions to ensure that we're rapidly moving forward with both offshore wind and hydrogen uh, across all of APAC uh, and in Australia as well.